Welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. Here we get real about what it takes to build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, and event planner. We'll go places others won't, diving into the nitty gritty how-tos of events, strategy, sponsorship, and marketing. Plus, we have exciting interviews with those who've mastered their own craft and a segment called Interviews with Sponsors, where we get the lowdown of what sponsors really look for when sponsoring an event. This is where we win the event space together. I'm your host, Alicia May, founder of Eventistry by Alicia, mom of two, lover of Saturdays, and I'm obsessed with creating phenomenal, profitable events. With a decade of experience, I'm here to talk you through those event roadblocks and even help you get out of your own way. Don't get stuck while planning, strategizing, and budgeting an event or retreat. On the Six Figure Event Podcast, I'm your wing woman. We're going to grow your business, your following, and scale your dreams one event at a time. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Alexa Curtis. We met actually last year when she was starting her first summit. Just to give you a background on Alexa, she started her blog in 2011, and since then she's risen to fame. She runs an awesome nonprofit called Media Impact and Navigation for Teens, and she hopes to use her platform and voice to raise awareness on the importance of living life unfiltered. She also hosts the annual Be Fearless Summit, which helps millennials encourage authenticity, big dreams, and doing something outside of the box. I'm so excited, Alexa. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. So tell us how you founded Life Unfiltered. How did your business come about? How did your podcast come about? Tell us some background information on you. Sure. So I started a fashion blog back in 2011, way before the days of blogging being cool and trendy. And initially it was just a fashion blog that I started when I was 12. And over the past 10 plus years, I built it out into a lifestyle site for young adults on social media and mental health and a bunch of different topics now called Life Unfiltered. And then along with that, I started this podcast called This Is Life Unfiltered and the summit, which is called the Be Fearless Summit that really just focuses on educating young people about how to get out of their comfort zones and how to be fearless. That's amazing. When you started the Be Fearless Summit, how did you come to fruition with the idea? Tell us the background. I'll always love to hear how an event came to your idea and then actually implemented. Yeah, good question. So I had the idea after actually speaking at Pennsylvania Conference for Women. And I had this idea for a while, but I didn't really know what it was going to be. I really thought it would be so easy. I'll just call a few people and they'll come and that's it. And so I ended up meeting the head of Drexel University at this conference. And I had told her I had this idea to start this women's conference. Would Drexel be interested in it? They ended up taking it on and that just started about six months of just learning so much and really evolving the concept. And so we premiered the first one in March of this year. And then the next one is April 1st, Berkeley. But I mean, with any new division of a business or business in general, there's so many learning curves. So it's really just constantly learning what to do better and differently and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to your podcast. I think it was called I Planned a Summit All of My Own. 
And so, right, I was like, oh my God, this girl is crazy because planning a summit all on your own with just an assistant is really difficult. So how was that like for you? Just give us a synopsis of how was that like and then also hosting it because that's, oh, a, gosh. that's a big task. It was honestly pretty unexpected, I'll say. I really went into it, like I said, I was like, I have a bunch of friends and successful friends. I'm going to call them and they're all just going to show up and that's going to be it. And it was not that. So, um, <laughs> you know, I had that idea. So initially I was like, I don't need to hire anyone and this is really easy and then it just evolved into then you need sponsors and who's going to pay for the travel and where are the speakers going to sit and then what are they going to talk about so for the first summit I ended up partnering with a magazine Girls Life and they really helped me through so many initial phases of that so kind of having that team behind me was really helpful but this particular summit I've hired people to help with branding and social media so I know now that that's really important as well as coming up with the actual concepts of the talks and whatnot but I mean it really all comes back to me so it's a lot of pressure to put something like this together but the first one was so successful and people really loved it and I really loved it I wouldn't hold back from doing it again right you said you do some things differently but what would you do differently this year would you plan ahead like just some maybe tips for somebody who's thinking of hosting their own event too listening to this podcast they're like okay Alexa give us some tips on what we do differently this year Good question. Well, I definitely would say that the podcast episode that you mentioned that I spoke about, there were so many things on that. I remember filming it afterwards and I had a whole list of things of what I would do differently. But the number one thing I would say is you need help. Even if you can't afford help, find interns, find someone you can even pay $50 a week because to try and take on any type of event, if it's a one hour panel or something like that, that's very easy. Um, That's a lot easier to put together. But if you're trying to put on like a full day event, I think that you really need help and to kind of divide and conquer is important. And especially as an entrepreneur, the more you can get people to do what you don't do as well, the better your company will be, the better the event will be. So I would say really focus on hiring people and then also to know what your weaknesses are. For me, I'm not super good at even something super specific. Coming up with the exact ideas for the talks was really difficult for me. And last time the magazine did it. So this time I'm on my own. So I hired someone to put together these specific talk titles because it just seems like math to me. I can't wrap my head around it, but everything else I can do better than this particular area. Again, it really just comes to figuring out where your strengths and weaknesses are and just leading with it. Mm, That's great. What was it like actually stepping on stage for the first time or stepping in front of people? I know you've spoken at events, but was it different? Was there like a different kind of energy around it? Just from looking, saying, hey, I've done this. This is my labor of love this year instead of just showing up. Yeah, good question. It was kind of unique, I guess, because I've spoken a lot of different colleges and uh, conferences, but to actually, you're right, be on a stage and be like, I put this together. And the fact that there was people in this audience that were there for that reason, it was a really kind of unique experience. And I think that's what made me see that this could become something so successful, as difficult as it was planning, is just that people showed up simply for the concept of showing up. It wasn't like I was now showing up because I was asked to. People were showing up. It was kind of the turn of the tables for me. It was just really awesome. Yeah, that's great. How has this event in your business changed your business? Has it changed for the good? Do you think you're going to be doing it every year? What is it like now adding events into your business roster? I would like to do it every year or twice a year. This is only the second summit. So it's something that I kind of envisioned maybe doing like five to 10 and then trying to sell the concept of it or getting a bigger partner on that every year could put it on. Cause you know, it is an insane amount of work. And then I'm not an event planner. I'm a blogger. I mean, an entrepreneur. So for me, it takes five years out of my month to focus <laughs> so heavily on it. It's difficult for me to do all the other things that I do because I need to be focused on this. So yeah, it's something that I would eventually like to sell or get a really big 
partner on to do every year and then maybe could bring on an even bigger team to kind of take over it so I can do what I love best, which is the other side of my business, but also be able to assist and create the stuff that helps put this summit together. That's great. So tell us more about the content based at the summit. What kinds of talks do you have planned or even from last year? Tell us why it's different than most events, because I think it's a very unique approach to targeting specific millennials and college graduates thing. Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, so last year we had tons of different panels. Michelle Grant, who's the founder of Lively, she was one of the main people who spoke for the keynote. And then after that, we had this all-star panel. So the format is going to be really similar. So it's going to be that same full day. This one is actually in partnership with her campus, which is at UC Berkeley as well. So they just do a lot of other like women's events specifically for college students. So this one, I'm definitely planning to bring back that all-star panel, but I'm focusing a little bit more heavily on tech, so more venture capital, startup world versus magazines and entertainment, which is what I did more for Drexel. And then obviously bringing back some of the same panels, like especially there was one we had last year on mental health, where I had five founders who were talking about mental health and their experience with running a company relating to mental health. That one was really successful. And then this year, I'm still really trying to do a heavy focus on like self-branding, talking about LinkedIn, how to network. So all of those kind of just key topics that a lot of young people struggle with figuring out on their own. Mm, I love that. Tell us about kind of the culture at the event when you have sponsors as well. And so talk to us about what does that day look like? There's panels, obviously, like you said, there's keynotes, there are sponsors that are kind of in the hallway. What kind of feeling do people get from your event? Is it really high energy? Some people focus more on education. I will say that because I was only the first event, I'm only going based off of that, but I would like to bring all of those elements you just said back to every single event. So the last one, there was a lot of obviously like a very heavy push for females. There wasn't as many guys at the last one and I would like more men to come to this one, which I'm hoping that they do. And then all of those panels, you kind of break away so people can choose which one they want to go to. And then the lunch hour definitely was kind of my favorite hour. So we had students RSVP to get their headshots taken and so there was like a main area where you could get Shake Shack and then your headshot taken. You could take a picture with Fujifilm. And that was really cool because I thought that kind of allowed people to network a little more versus when you're in those individual rooms, you don't necessarily have that opportunity as much. But yeah, I don't want to jinx anything by saying like, oh my God, it was so great. I mean, there was yeah. many parts of it that were not great that I would totally do over again. But I would say I would like to answer that question maybe after the next one or like four from now, because also every college is set up so differently, right? There was like a main room and then there was like a terrace and it was a really great place to have that, but I don't think Berkeley's going to be the same format. Their layout is very different, so it might be more chaotic. It might be better, but you never really know until you get there. I mean, yeah. event, there's so many different elements that come into place, variables. Yeah. Of <laughs> so, course. Right. You never know until you're actually there and, no. and be present. So tell us where people can find the Be Feeler Summit. Where is it? You said Berkeley. What date is it? Where can people buy tickets? Yes. So you can find out more about the summit at BeFearlessSummit.org. There's three S's in the summit for the oh, website yes. link. And then it's also on social media at, at BeFearlessSummit. The summit is April 1st, 2020 at Berkeley. And we do an initial RSVP for students, which for Drexel sold out. It was free tickets within like that main time. But last time we also opened it up afterwards so that students had the opportunity to attend as well. Um, so if you just stay tuned to the website or the social media, you can figure out how to come too. That's awesome. In terms 
terms of advice for up and coming entrepreneurs, let's say they've been following you for a while and they come to your summit and they're like, okay, what's the next step in my life? What kind of advice do you have for people that want to maybe be an entrepreneur or want to go into the blogging world? That's a great question. Well, my number one piece of advice is that you don't just become an entrepreneur overnight. We're all just kind of waiting on this million dollar idea. And I don't think it works like that. And I think all of the entrepreneurs, the very successful ones who are much older than I am, who were speaking at the summit, I mean, many of them went from working corporate for years up until their early, late 30s, and then starting a company from there. So I think that if you can stop going into it thinking like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be a millionaire, you'll gradually find yourself and come up with maybe that idea at some point. And then second from there, it would just be to do it. I mean, I think the biggest issue with a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, and especially in this day and age, is many of them are too fearful of rejection, of what's going to happen if they don't become successful. But every entrepreneur I talk to, we've all gone into it. You have to be kind of stupid. So if you can stop thinking about the what ifs and just do, you're taking out the middleman, which is thinking about it and just do it. I love that. That's a great way to put it. So what motivates you daily? Like what gets you up in the morning? Do you have a daily routine? A lot of people that listen to the show are entrepreneurs or like on the verge of entrepreneurs as well. So what kinds of things do you do in the morning to make yourself ready for the day or to set yourself up for success? I'm pretty notorious for being like very anal with this routine that I have. I always like to be in bed by 10, 22. Um, obviously it oh, doesn't it. happen every night, but I really like enjoy staying on a routine. And I find that if I'm not on a routine, I deal with a lot more anxiety and a lot more stress throughout the day. But definitely I usually wake up between like six and seven. When it gets closer to the summit, I end up waking up like closer to five and then I'll go to the gym, have coffee. I have my celery juice, water. Then I go into my office by like nine 30 or 10. I usually stay here to like six. And then I don't love going out on weekdays. I try and just meal prep and not go to dinner. But sometimes if there's an event or something, I'll go. But I much prefer to be home. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love that. It sounds like my day. Yeah. <laughs> right, up. But you're in the warm weather. You're in Los Angeles, aren't you? I am here, but I'm not originally from here. So for the holidays, like I'll go back or I try and travel a lot because I don't really love LA. It's different here also because every day is so warm. So it's like you don't ever feel like you're getting the opportunity for anything different. So that's why I like to travel. Absolutely. You think it's ideal when you're not from there, but I love that. So talk to me about your radio show. You were picked up by Disney, right? You have a Disney radio show. Is that right? Yeah. So I had a show that I pitched and landed back in 2018. Thanks. And that was really Disney's first show relating to bullying and social media. I signed with them for a year. So the show recently ended in September and it was an awesome experience, but I look forward to what is coming in 2020. In terms of your next steps, do you have a podcast? Are you doing new things? I don't know if you can give us any insider secrets, (laughs) what you're up to for 2020. Of course. So I just kind of put out this mini digital show, the first episode yesterday called Founder Files. And I'm hoping that I've spoken a few different networks that maybe that would get picked up into a show. This is kind of the worst time in entertainment from like the end of November to January 20th. It's completely dead. But over the past few months, I've had some great meetings. So hoping that something like that would come through in 2020. And then also focusing on maybe taking my podcast to one of those networks as well and redirecting that a little bit. So I've been doing it for so long. 
strong. I'm kind of ready for what could be next. And then obviously focusing on the summit up until April when it happens takes a lot of time. When you talk about media and sponsors and things like that, for your summit, you are going to have obviously sponsors. Do you have any tips on sponsorship and partnering with bigger radio stations or networks? That's an interesting thing that you bring up because for me, I've learned so much from starting this summit. I mean, obviously what I do, it all comes down to sponsors and brands that I can work with for my podcast and the show. And, and those are a lot more like one-off opportunities. So I will say when you're talking bigger money, it is a little bit different. And what I found to be the best tactic is to just be really straight into the point, always attach a media kit or a sponsor deck to an email so that you know what you're looking at, or they know what they're looking at. And then I love to find different sponsors. Like even recently over the past few weeks, I've been going to like anthropology. I'll go online to Ulta and I'll just click their brand list. And if I see brands that I think align with the summit, then I will just find the person who does the PRs email and I'll just email them and, and again, send them the deck and what the last summit was and try and set a call. And I think that's really all you can do. And I mean, I'll email a hundred sponsors and get one $5,000 sponsor. And then it's like, okay, I did it once. Now you have to do it 300 more times and you just got to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. one of the biggest thing is also follow up too. when tell me more information, one of the sponsors, and then you're like, great, here it is. And then they kind of just go cold for like a yeah. month. So I think also to add to that is really big follow up and understanding their target audience as well as your target audience, because if it doesn't mesh, it does just doesn't mesh, right? They're not going to say yes to something that they're not interested in. Of course. And, and it also comes to just a lot of times, just timing, timing, you know, yeah. you'll find an awesome brand. And they're like, we would have done this. We are focusing on something else. So you never know. But if it's not this one, there's always something else better out there. And it never necessarily has to do with whatever you're building, but more just about what their strategy is. And you just might not be a fit right now. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's perfect advice for people that are listening for sponsorship. And yeah, really thinking, okay, am I doing something wrong? Because that's one of the biggest questions I get is, how can I get sponsorship for my event or summit next year? And what steps should I be taking? So how did you end up pitching Disney? Like, was it just a simple email? I'm curious, selfishly. <laughs> yeah. So I had found a media list online, which I'm happy to send to anyone. I don't even know how I found it. This was back in, like That's I said, crazy. 2018. And I wrote an email just introducing myself to, I think it was like 466 producers and I BCC'd them all. And I got one reply from someone at Radio Disney. And that's what kind of started this conversation. And obviously they hadn't done anything like that before. And I came up with the name with my manager for Fearless Every Day. And it was just it was a lot of conversations and it was months of just waiting. I remember it so clearly. It was like slightly traumatic, but it ended up, it ended up coming through. If I had been too afraid of not hearing from them back, I would have never gotten that show. So it really just comes to reaching out and not being afraid. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats on that success. It's been what a crazy year for you and all so what a great year for 2020 and new things. So I really, really appreciate you joining me today on the podcast. Tell us again where we can find the summit and your website as well. So if people want to reach out or even on Instagram, if that's where you're hanging out. Yeah, of course. So you can follow me on social media at, at Alexa underscore Curtis. And my website is www.lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com. And then also the summit, which is at Be Fearless Summit. And my podcast airs on Wednesdays and that's called This Is Life Unfiltered. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you so much, Alexa, for being on the show and hopefully to see you in April at the event. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Event Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take the tools and tips and information from our guest speakers to help build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, or event planner. Join us again next week for a new episode that will 
I hope will continue to help you win in the events.